Are you new to the indie publishing world? Do you want to know if self-publishing is right for you? You've come to the right place, where you'll find tips, tricks, and the answers to the questions you've always had about writing, marketing, and self-publishing. Welcome to the Hot Mess Writer's Life. Help for the indie author with me, Lynn Howard. Hey, y'all. I am back. It is Lynn Howard. We are back from vacation. The... Silcon event, Central Illinois Convention, Silcon in Mattoon, Illinois, went over really well, actually. It was a great time. Um, it was Friday and Saturday, so uh, September 9th and 10th. Yes, I took that whole time to get prepared because there was a whole lot that went into it. And this was my first time cosplaying. So I, it was fun. It was different. It was It was something new for me. I, you know, I already wrote up some things for the upcoming podcast, but something came up while I was there and I thought that would make a great episode. We're always told to prepare an elevator pitch, correct? So there's someone asks you what your book's about. You need to be able to sum it up quick, 10 seconds, bam, done. You don't want to go into the full, you know, all the little towns, all the secondary and tertiary characters. There were... Quite a few authors. I, I guess where I was placed for Silicon was like author and artist alley. And there were so many cool books and so many cool people that I got to meet that weekend. But I noticed a couple times um, there was one author when people would walk past, can I interest you in a book? Can I interest you in a book? Can I interest you in a book? Um, that scares people away. It's very aggressive. I also spotted this person walking around with a stack of books trying to basically put it in people's hands. Now, I know there are different types of people. You know, there's the type A and all that stuff. I am not one of those people, um, nor do I like to be approached that way. So like if I'm going shopping, say for a couch, and I know the exact couch I want, if someone tries to sell me on it, for some reason, I no longer want it. I am one of those people I don't want to be sold, but I do want to know about it. Another author, when someone would ask what their book was about, uh, they would go into this like 10 minute long speech. So I thought we could talk about how to do a 10-second elevator pitch. That's what they call a lot of times because, you know, let's say you're in an elevator with an agent, a publisher, a marketer, whatever, somebody you want to buy your book, you only have a few seconds, right? 10-second elevator pitch. So the first thing you need to focus on is, is more the theme than the plot. You know, is this a enemies to lovers? Is this a marriage of convenience? You know, you don't want to go on to the whole thing where Bob ran into Susie at the grocery store and fell in love and noticed her beautiful Jimmy Choo shoes. And you don't need to go into every single detail. Catch them quick. Just like when you're writing the book, you want to catch them in that first, you know, paragraph. You want to grab their attention, snag them, trap them so they can't get out of that world. They don't want to get out of that world. It's the same thing with the pitch. If you start going off on all these little rampants and side journeys and, and secondary and tertiary characters, person listening, their eyes are going to glaze over and they're, they're thinking about what they're making for dinner. They, you've lost them. That's it. You want to get them in quick. Um, I've heard someone talk about their book before, how the question they would pose is if someone you loved, your child, your parent, your husband was possessed and the only way to free their soul was to kill them, could you do it? Whoa, what? <laughs> um, my 
editor is actually writing a book about hell being open for one minute for 60 seconds. And when she pitched it to me and it was just a short, tiny little paragraph, just like three sentences, I was hooked. I couldn't wait to read more. Tell me more. Tell me more. But that's because they didn't go into, well, but then Bob had to go get the sword from Jimmy Bob down the street. Make it short and succinct. You only want to give enough information and detail about the characters to make them interesting. If the only interesting thing about Susie is that she is a psychic medium, leave it there. You don't need to talk about her hobbies. You don't need to talk about the fact that she collects. So what are, what are those things? I can't even thimbles. You, you don't need to talk. About, I was sitting here, by the way, I was showing you on my finger, like you guys can see me. And I'm not recording this for YouTube today because I'm testing out my new setup in my closet, which is where, by the way, I'll be recording my audiobooks soon. So hopefully this sounds okay. This is the inaugural run of the studio recording studio, I guess we'll call it. I'm literally sitting in a dark closet with soundproofing foam and clothes and a blanket that keeps tickling the top of my head. But you only want to give enough information about the character to make somebody want to know more. You don't want to tell them everything. First of all, you don't want to give away the story because then why do they need to read it? Just enough to wet their palate, to make them want more, to get them salivating, you know? I actually came across um, something I thought was amazing, and this was on Good and Bad Pitch from DebraStancil.com, and it's Debra, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Stancil, S-T-A-N-S-I-L.com. I thought this was amazing. A bad elevator pitch would be something like, a wizard has to recover magical objects to defeat the evil wizard and save the wizarding world. This does roughly the cover the story, but it is very vague and sounds pretty much like every fantasy book ever. Now, this person didn't give too much information, but they didn't give enough. A good elevator pitch would be something like, when a boy learns his true fate, his whole world changes. Thrown into, thrown into a world of magic, he must learn to survive a great evil in his new world with the help of his friends. A story of love, loyalty, and bravery, which shows us that sometimes heroes come in the most unexpected forms. Now, that obviously reads a lot like a blurb, but memorize that. that that's obviously, we all know that's a Harry Potter book, right? If you haven't read the books or seen the movies, I've only seen the movies. But even I knew what this was about without them saying Harry Potter. This person gave enough information to want, make me want to know more. Whereas that first one was vague enough where I'm like, okay, and? But now what if they turned it around and Harry lived in the closet of his aunt and uncles and his aunt and uncle were so mean to him and he had this cousin and this cousin was like, I'm bored, I'm bored. It's too much information. Think about it on the lines of when you're skimming through, say, Netflix, right? And they have the descriptions. You ever notice there's just enough information for you to want to know more? There are times where I've liked, okay, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I don't even understand what they're trying to tell me. And I skip over that. You want to get just enough information to make you want to know more. So when someone asks you what your books are about, um, with my Shifter series, a lot of my books, there's a lot of convenience, a lot of marriage of convenience or mating by convenience. But my books are about fighting for family, fighting for love. And that family does not come in one shade of gray. My families are all mixed together and they're different races and they're, you know, 
They come from different backgrounds. You know, they might be human and shifter. They might be different species of shifter. Um, in one of the books, he is mated to an African-American woman who is raising her little blonde, higher-haired, blue-eyed, Caucasian baby sister because their mother died of an overdose. It's a mixture of a family, but families look different to all of us. I have an unorthodox family myself. On my dad's side of the family, we have every shade of the rainbow and different disabilities. In my own home, my husband was adopted at three months old. I adopted my children when they were four, five, and six. We are not a conventional family, and most really aren't. You know, some way or another, even if you're sitting there going, well, no, I gave biological birth to my child, you know, whatever. Think about the kids' friends that hang out that you think of as your own children that you would protect with your own life. Families don't all look the same. And in my books, that's the way I, I write it. Now, I just went into a long description with you, but that was more to explain what I mean by family comes in all colors. So maybe that wasn't the best example. But with each book, I can go into more detail, but I can tell you my Shifter series is about protecting those you love and that family doesn't all come in one shape and size. Boom, done. It's full of action. It's full of romance. Boom, done. You know, you don't have to go into detail. My characters are from Cedar Hill, Missouri, and they live in this type of home, and they have this many siblings. That is too much information. Narrow down your pitch to two seconds. You want to give enough of the theme and characters to make the story sound interesting while excluding things that won't matter, like names of towns, secondary, and tertiary characters. Now, I just said, yeah, I wouldn't want to go around going, yeah, they live in Cedar Hill, Missouri, and there's this waitress at Moe's Tavern who serves sweet potato fries. Do you care? Do you care when I'm telling you about the book that that's in there? Now, obviously, it's in the book, and it serves the purpose of guiding the story, or they might be mentioned as moving the story along, but that's not what the book is about. What is your book? about? What does your character have to overcome to meet their journey, to meet their goal? What is it that they want? What is it that, you know, they're striving towards? Now, obviously, romance, we all want the happily ever after or happily for now. We want them to get together. So is there an obstacle? Is that obstacle humongous, you know, like they have to fight for their life? Break it down Write it down as best you can and keep practicing if you have to in two or three sentences. Say it out loud a few times until it sounds natural. Were you able to get that out in 10 seconds? If, it's, if not, maybe you need to tweak that a little bit more. If you get bored writing it and reading it and saying it, guess what? People listening to you are going to get bored. Make it so interesting that even you are like, oh my God, I wrote a really good book. You don't want to overload people with information about your book because, well, I guess I don't need to read it now. Or I'm bored listening to you, so I can only assume I'm going to be bored reading it. Now, on the flip side, guys, I'm not going to tell you what to do or what works for you. Maybe what this one person did work for them. But the second somebody walks past your table, can I interest you in a book? Can I interest you in a book? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, no, thank you. And they're trying to be polite and they're going to keep walking. That's very aggressive. Just say hi, good morning, a compliment, a shirt. 
you know, oh my God, I love your costume because a lot of times they come in cosplaying or if, like me, I don't know anime characters. Okay, tell me who you're supposed to be, you know, and I'd have them explain it to me. My son loves anime, so sometimes I've heard of it. That gets conversation, you know, going and you see their eyes looking towards it, towards the books because I'm one of those authors with half naked men on my covers because I like half naked, good looking men. I ain't ashamed of it. That's when that conversation can now be open and you can deliver your 10-second speech, your 10-second pitch. Hook them. Get them in there. Talk to them like they're a person and then give them their 10-second pitch. That's what I have for you guys today. I missed you guys so much over the past few months. I will be going back to my regular schedule of every Wednesday. Coming up in October, self-pubbers, listen up. I am bringing on my accountant. And he is going to discuss what we as authors, who, by the way, if we're self-powers, we are small business owners. Whether you own your own press or not, you know you're getting those 1099s from Kindle, or sorry, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whoever you're going through. You're getting those at the end of the year. So when I have him on, he he owns several locations of Liberty Tax, and he is my go-to. I ask him everything I need to know. So I will have him on in October. We're trying to nail down a date. Um, He has his busy seasons and he has his own life. So I will announce the second I have him on because I think he's got a wealth of information that all authors and small business owners need to know. We're going to pick his brain. So in the meantime, if you have any questions specifically for him, shoot him over to my email at authorlynhoward at yahoo.com and I'll make sure to add that on the list. Um, In the meantime, I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of A Hot Mess Writer's Life, Help for the Indie Author, make sure you hit that subscribe button, and I'd love if you'd leave a review. See y'all next time.